morning, Amanda. How are we? We are good. So I'm going to get right to it. We've got a special guest on the phone, Kevin from the Oregon Firearm Federation. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Uh, I am busy. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So you've got some a few bills that you kind of want to let us know about. Why don't we dive into that? All right. Well, the three bills that are going to be heard on Wednesday would be um, House Bill 2005, which essentially bans the possession of privately made firearms. Privately made firearms have always been legal under Oregon and federal law, and there's a long history of innovation by people who make these things themselves. People have been doing it forever. Currently legal. Under this bill, House Bill 2005, it will be illegal to be in possession of one that you lawfully created and lawfully own. And there is no grandfather provision. There is no way to remain in legal possession of it. So if you have it, you are in trouble. And if you attempt to comply with the law, you can't. Because while a gunsmith can take it into his possession to put a serial number on it, which theoretically would make it legal, you are not allowed to bring it to the gunsmith to do so. So this is clearly an ex post facto law. It's unconstitutional. It's already been found to be unconstitutional. And it is one of the three bills that the Democrats will be ramming through or attempting to ram through tomorrow or Wednesday. Wow. You know, it, it, it's stupid. It is just really stupid. They're finding all the ways to make it where we can't have our firearms. Yeah. They're they're literally putting all of these laws or trying to put all these laws into place that make it impossible for us. Well, this is just one of three very dangerous bills. Another one will make it illegal for anyone 18, 19, or 20, year old, 20 years old to own a firearm that they legally purchase now. And no, no grandfather provision of that either. That's House Bill 2006. And that means that if a person lawfully purchased a firearm, they will be a criminal. There's no provision for them to keep it. There's no provision for them to transfer it. And this is just the kind of thing that we're seeing from the Democrats. And unfortunately, you have to make sure the Republicans are not capitulating on this stuff. They don't have a lot of power, but they do have some abilities. But this first one, the ban on privately made firearms, is clearly intended to entrap people. And that's, that's the modus operandi of the Democrats this session is to create as many laws as possible that people can't legally in any way comply with unless they destroy their property. Wow. And what bill number was that again? That's House Bill 2005 due to be heard in the House Judiciary Committee at 5 o'clock after the invited people get to speak at 8 a.m. The little people, if they get a chance, may have two minutes to speak against it at 5 o'clock. All right. I'm going to cut you off, Kevin. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Amanda Smith, Terry Saul, and our guest is Kevin from the Oregon Firearm Federation. Yes, and he's getting into some bills. And Kevin, you got another one for us? Yeah, again, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee will be hearing House Bill 2006. This is a really, really dangerous bill. This bill makes it unlawful for people 18, 19, and 20 years old from owning any modern firearm. That means firearms they've already purchased legally. There's no pro grandfather provision. If they already own them, they will be criminals. There's no provision for them to dispose of them unless possibly they give them to a family member, but even that's questionable because they, of course, will be in unlawful possession of them. Right. So a person who, is, who has legally purchased a gun, a per, you know, 20 years old, in most places you can be a police officer, they're exempted, but no 20-year-old you know, 20 year old woman went out and bought a rifle that is now unlawful. She'd be allowed to own like a bolt-action rifle, but no modern firearm. So this is just another attempt by the Democrats to just entrap people with ex post facto laws. Why? 
why? What would be the point of that? I don't get it. I don't understand what sense this makes. Well, what sense it makes is that you chip away. So yeah. first we say that people under 21 are responsible for committing all the mass shootings, which of course they're not. If you want to stop mass shootings, you have to ban guns from anyone under 75. But it's an easy <laughs> attack and it narrows down, you know, it's just chipping away, chipping away. Currently, these people are perfectly legally allowed to purchase firearms, although you should, we should note that they really can't yet because the state police have now refused to conduct background checks on anyone 18 to 20 years old. So if a 20-year-old goes in to buy a rifle, which is legal, and they attempt to initiate the background check, they will automatically be, be de- delayed and they will not hear from the cops ever again. Wow. That's not fair because my son, I mean, he's almost 17 and I, you know, we are a firearm family. And that's, that goes against his rights, I feel like, completely, 100%. Legally now, he's allowed to be in in possession of a firearm that you've given him. Under this law, that will be illegal. But he certainly will not be allowed to purchase anything until he's 21. And as I said, right now, an 18, 19, or 20-year-old can't anyway because the state police are unlawfully refusing to complete background checks on anybody of those ages. It's 100% illegal, and once again, the state police are engaging in that illegal activity, just like they're engaging in the illegal activity of refusing to complete a background check or at least come up with a, you know, an answer for approval, a denial, or a delay within 30 minutes. Now you can wait two years. Wow. Serious. And I think that's so wrong. I think that's, that's taking a lot of power and control into their own hands, and that's not fair. Well, it's also completely unlawful, and, uh, you know, these things all need to be addressed, but currently the state police have complete control over your illegal ability to buy a gun, and if they simply refuse to process your background check, which they are doing for tens of thousands of people, you may not lawfully take possession of the property you have paid for. That's crazy. Uh, Unbelievable, actually. And do you have a website, Kevin? Yeah, OregonFirearms.org. We have information on all these bills up there, links to the links to the bills and information about them, links to legislators and hearing dates, um, all information that deals with these monstrosities. Awesome. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more. Good morning. It is a Tuesday. Terry Saul and Amanda Smith hanging with you a little bit after 10 o'clock, and we have on the phone... Kevin from the Oregon Firearm Federation talking with us about a few house bills that are being pushed through. So you've got a third one. My goodness, as if two weren't enough. Yeah, this is House Bill 2007. And what this bill says is that any government agency, meaning a city hall, a DMV, anybody, can declare their property off limits to people who have concealed handgun licenses. But far more dangerous than that is they can also declare the property around them to be off limits. Which means that property they don't even own can become off limits. So in Canby, for example, City Hall is adjacent to a grocery store. The grocery store would be off limits if the Canby City Council decided to make their property off limits. That means that traveling, say, between Portland and Salem, you'd be violating the law dozens of times, and it will be illegal for you to drop off or pick up someone at the Portland airport, even if you never leave your car. And that is because, obviously, concealed handgun license holders are the ones who are doing sit-in demonstrations and violently attacking visitors at the Portland airport. Yeah, I don't know right. why that would be Antifa, excuse me. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, just another attempt to completely eviscerate the value of self-defense that you get with a concealed handgun license. So that would be me. I wouldn't be able to go to the airport to pick up my grandma anymore. 
without That's right. feeling you would be able to go ways. virtually nowhere because wherever you went you would be on grounds adjacent to some government property wow so how do we how do we get uh, in yeah, a solution how do, we, how do we fight this thing yeah well, you know, you contact the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, the chairman of that is Jason Krupp. He's completely responsible for all of these bills. And you make it clear to him that this is completely unacceptable and that you'll be making every attempt to hold him accountable. But also you contact the House Republican leader, Vicki Breeze Iverson, and say, what are you doing to stop this? What are you doing to stand in the way of this? Because you're a Republican and you are who we hire to protect our rights in the face of attacks from the Democrats. Yeah, I uh, I actually wasn't aware of a few of these bills that you mentioned, and they affect me directly. They affect all oh, of us. Oh, and there's plenty, plenty more coming, folks. <laughs> the, yeah, they're just getting warmed up, aren't they? Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break again. Um, Kevin, are you going to join us for our last one? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back after this with more from Kevin. You're listening to 104.3 FM, 1220 AM, KSLM. Terry Saul, Amanda Smith, and we have with us on the phone... Kevin from the Oregon Firearm Federation. Thank you again so much for joining us, Kevin. I appreciate you. Thank you. So you've said you've got something coming up on March 27th. Yeah, there's two bills that are going to be heard in Senate Judiciary Committee, and those are Senate Bill 527. And what that does is that allows a gun dealer to discriminate against anyone under 21 years old, meaning they have the choice to no longer sell guns or ammunition to people under 21, for whom it's perfectly legal for them to buy. Now, my feeling is if a gun dealer wants to refuse you know, snub a, a customer, that's fine, and we can go elsewhere. But that's a not, not a long leap to a mandate. And then the second right. bill is, sounds very innocuous. It's Senate Bill 348. And all that, that says is it directs the Department of Justice to study ways to address unlawful possession of firearms. Well, this is clearly what we call a placeholder bill. Anytime you see a bill that says directing someone to study, that bill will almost certainly have all the language removed from it and stuffed with severe anti-gun language because the relating clause relating to firearms allows that to happen. So we're going to watch that bill. We're anticipating every word of it will be stripped out and some new anti-gun language will be put in because otherwise it's completely meaningless. But this is typical of Salem to create these bills that at the last minute they put amendments in that people haven't gotten a chance to see and aren't prepared to respond to. Yeah. And going back to one of those, you said that if an 18 to 20 year old is denied the chance to even apply, doesn't that mean that if they really want to get a weapon, they're going to go ahead and get a weapon on the street corner somewhere? Well, I mean, it's Certainly, that's what's happened historically. I mean, you know, this in this case, we've got a House bill which will will completely prohibit them from buying guns, and a Senate bill which will allow dealers to refuse to sell them guns. And as I said, dealers want to make that choice; they can do that now, frankly. But if a dealer wants to do that, they can. What this was done was to protect people like Fred Meyer, who violated the law against age discrimination laws and denied people who were qualified to buy rifles from buying them, which they lost several lawsuits on. By the way, that's what this bill is about to protect the big box stores because obviously a small gun dealer is not going to ever do that because they're not anti-gun. Right. And if a person's qualified to buy a, a firearm, they want to sell it to them. Mm-hmm. So back to your uh, Bill 348, I've heard a lot about the gut and stuff bills, um, how they, they put in like a study bill, like you were saying, and, and it's kind of a placeholder, and then they gut and stuff it with a lot of things that we don't know or see. I, I, that bothers me a lot because I feel like well, that's sneaky. Here's what people need to know about gut and stuffs is that the hearing will be held with the original language of the bill, which is innocuous and means nothing. You get to testify for or against it, and now you're on the record supporting or opposing it. After you finish testifying, then they change all the language and you have no opportunity. <laughs> 
opportunity to say anything about it ever again. So you are on record, whether whether supporting or opposing the bill, even when you have no idea what that bill will actually say. Wow. So how are you guys funded? Do you need help with donations to keep going and fighting these things? Well, you know, we're involved in a hideously expensive federal lawsuit. And yes, we've always been funded by donors. We're completely supported by our members and supporters. That's We give no funds from anybody else. We're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on this federal lawsuit to stop Measure 114. And so, you know, if people are interested in being part of the fight, you know, please come to our website and check us out. It's OregonFirearms.org. You can join there. You can get information. You can get our email alerts. And obviously, you can help us out financially. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Take care. 